So you might have a chat with, on this side of things, the investment side, uh, an angel investor. Uh, an angel investor is an individual who has significant amounts of capital to deploy or to give to a company. Uh, maybe not even significant. It could be someone who wants to give £5,000 or £10,000, but they would be considered an angel investor. There's actually a layer below that, which is encouraged uh, through the in journey, which is family and friends. You know, if you can get some money from family and friends, you should. Um, that always looks good to investors anyway. Uh, it shows that you are taking a level of commitment in that business uh, where you're willing to put your relationship with your family and friends on the line. To, I to didn't get it know done. that. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'm Chris O'Hare, your Quick Win CEO, and in this show, we talk to entrepreneurs and industry experts on different ways to improve your business, along with their three quick win recommendations. And this week, we talk to investment entrepreneur, Lawrence Grant. But in this episode, we get to learn what the different types of investments are and how to get your startup funded. But before we get going, just a quick marketing message. If you need an app built, but only want to pay an affordable monthly fee, you should definitely check out our new product, App 100, which is limited to the first 100 businesses. Just go to app100.club. Let's go. So why should startups get investment? Tell us some of the reasons and benefits that a startup should you know, seek that extra pot of money to kind of get them going. Yeah, um, I'm going to flip the question. So why shouldn't uh, a startup get investment? Um, and I used to say this to a lot of companies when I was my job was to raise investment. And I'm sure if my line managers or people who were you know benefiting from the fees that we got would have kicked me in the leg under the table uh, if they were there. But um, there is something called the pecking order of finance and investment is pretty low down, uh, you know, uh, revenue is king, cash is king. Uh, if you can make a product which makes you money uh, sustainably and it meets your goals of what you need to spend and budget in order to get to the next phase, then stick with revenue. If you can't do that, look at loans where possible, um, something that's reasonable that you can pay back to get you to the next stage. And then, you know, if none of those things... Um, you know, satisfy your appetite for, for finance and you're comfortable giving away equity, which is essentially a, a big slice of the pie of your company um, or a small slice, depending on how good the company is, then investment's a good route to go down. But I would never recommend investment just for someone who's looking for money. That's not a good enough reason. I think the reason that you would seek investment is if you need capital quickly to scale quickly to enter a market quickly um, in order to get a share of that market quickly that's one of the key reasons so uber for example brand new idea knew it was a new idea you know it's a pretty much a blue ocean for them that makes perfect sense um, they've got an idea they've got um the processes, the operations, and they need capital to essentially scale up globally to secure the market. That's a really good reason. Um, another reason is, you know, equity and giving away equity in exchange for money can be a fantastic way to onboard experts um, who are, 
you know try and they've, they've succeeded in your industry or they have a fantastic black book of contacts in your industry typically these investors are called smart smart investors you should always aim for smart investors um i've learned a lot in the last kind of 12 months of people crowdfunding you know seed funding going out and getting private investment you know taking money from vcs and probably one of the biggest mistakes is not aligning with your investors um, you need to be very clear about the type of characters that you want investing in your company. You need to be very, very clear about what levels of equity mean what when you're taking equity. You know, if you give away 10% to one person, they have the right to call a meeting with you whenever they want, basically, um, and, and to start a, a board meeting or call together a, um, a discussion, you know. They're also called voting rights for a reason, right? So you don't want to give away too much. I know people that have given away unbelievably 51% of the company uh, you now don't you don't own that company um, you know and, and the other person can make your life a misery uh, if they wanted to um, and there are some you know there's some some interesting people out there who make a living out of uh, getting X amount of equity in order to to twist the knife and and gain more control so you need to be careful with that um, but yeah I mean in terms of reasons you would get it I think Smart investors, you know, getting people on board invested in your company who can take you to the next level. And two, have a real reason for what you're budgeting, like the use of funds, um, which is normally the last slide on the pitch deck. You know, break down exactly what you need, you know, so don't, don't always have to shoot for 500K because you saw someone else do it. You know, if you want to take advantage of a tax relief scheme and raise 100K, because you know that 100K would be broken down into 30K, 40K, 20K, you know, a couple of five k's for, for these things here then then by all means um be very specific about what you need the money for who you want to give that to who you want on board where they can get you um and that that would be my advice really so yeah scalability uh, scaling fast smart investors and uh you know paying for things that you actually need the money for which you don't currently have so in terms of like the kudos you get from raising um a big round would you say that that's quite advantageous like people actually you know sit up and take notice of you as a company and actually you're you're making waves and that almost gives its own value uh to your uh your company it's it's almost like you know that people value it this much so you, you need to be um you know take notice of would you say that's a valid point um <clears throat> Would you find it more impressive if someone built a one million pound company and had a hundred percent equity, or someone who built a ten million pound company and had ten percent equity? It's worth the same thing, really, to you. I think the company is certainly a harder journey um, to bootstrap, but there is definitely a, a feeling, certainly in my echo chamber on on places like linkedin and, and other places there's definitely a tide of people who quite rightly um, as i described do not put investment and raising investment on a pedestal um what what a lot of people get confused at which i think you've kind of kind of alluded to as a, as a concept is that raising finance is like an amazing achievement raising finance is not an amazing achievement investing that money that you receive to grow a sustainably, uh, you know, financial sustainable, financially sustainable company is much more uh, impressive. 
So it's kind of like no one celebrates getting a student loan. You know, that's the same. You got to pay it back, or you got to, you, you know, you don't actually have to pay back the investment. That's the difference between an investment and a loan. But just in effect, it's a different type of debt. Um, investment is a different type of debt. Um, it's it's a it's a slightly lower risk debt for the founder, but it doesn't mean it's going to make your life any any simpler or easier because you might have twenty people making demands of you, um, and if you don't pull through on what you said you're going to do, then your reputation's at, at stake. Um, yeah, I get that. Know. I think it's where people see the fact that someone has willing to put money in their business. It's almost a sort of validation that they that they sure. also believe in their idea um and also and if you publicize that um to the rest of your competitors and, and the others uh in terms of your peers or or other startups it almost um you know makes you a little bit more i would say increases your reputation but i completely agree actually is that the Silicon Valley view? Is Silicon Valley really tarnished, you know, the way investments are perceived and actually, you know, it's these make or break or boom or bust, right? Boom or bust type businesses mm -hmm. where you, you either have to be a billion dollar business or you're, you're right. What's the, what's the yeah. point? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I had told you that I've invested a million pounds into a company, and that was all you found out company without context you know great they've got a million pounds what if it's theranos uh which is a, you know <laughs> the, the the blood 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 sampling company that is you know infamous for having raised and somehow leveraged the um, power of you know u.s embassy contacts and ex-military contacts and stanford academics you know great great that sounds great that sounds great but that's a wallpaper right that's the wrapping on the gift until you unwrap it if, if you know and get to grips with the actual technology does it work the product does it work is the market the right fit you know and that means absolutely nothing it's just wrapping paper um so the, the key thing is not to do with those exterior celebrations um you know and that's the world that we live in, I think, at the moment. And, and that's a real problem. Uh, people celebrate um, quite vacuous and superficial moments. Um, and actually, the key, as, as we know, is consistency day to day to produce something which adds value and real value to people's lives. Um, and that's really quite hard to quantify. Um, you know, look at look at the amount of companies that have failed after raising investment. Um, look at the amount of um, people on the like you know stock exchange who have uh, you know not focused on product and not focused on customer value and, and they've plummeted through to zero hmm. right there's so many examples of that you know Theranos is probably the best one I can think of um, you don't want to have a balloon as a business you don't want something that looks great and shiny from the outside but you stick a hairpin through it and it explodes you know you want something that's going to stand the test of time and be durable in times of difficulty. Um, and that is a business built on good operations, good products, good finances, um, good talent, good staff, good integrity, good morals, good codes of conduct, um, good culture, good purpose, you know, and that's way more important than the celebration. 
there's no reason not to celebrate a company that raises investment as long as the context uh, matches the content of the company. You know, is the content of the company good? Fine. Then therefore the context of the raise is, is good as well, I would say. So we're kind of t- talking about the various stages of investment as well. So I'm probably more alluding to the VC type stages um, where mm-hmm. they that's where they mainly focus. They want the billion dollar ideas and they don't necessarily care yeah. about the, the little ones. So let's kind of go through those then. So kind of like what's the different types of investment you can get and mm-hmm. kind of what stages that they come in usually? If you if yeah. you're going to get an angel or a VC, where, where do they normally sit on that on the rounds? Because there's there's we talk sure. about rounds and, and what does rounds really mean? Yeah, sure. So so um, let's I'll, I'll use my hands here to give a bit of an example. So yeah. at the very bottom, um, you've got something called pre-seed. So this is a stage. Yeah. Um, and this is this is a stage of the company, and this is the investment stage, right? So you've got pre-seed company. Um, pre-seed means pre-idea normally, uh, or, or idea stage. So there's not really any even a seed being planted in any soil, so to speak. There's no existence of this company in any market. So a market is like soil, right? And the company is like an actual seed um, in that soil. So you might have a chat with on this side of things, the investment side, uh, an angel investor. Uh, an angel investor is an individual who has significant amounts of capital to deploy or to give to a company. Uh, maybe not even significant. It could be someone who wants to give £5,000 or £10,000, but they would be considered an angel investor. There's actually a layer below that, which is encouraged uh, through the in journey, which is family and friends. You know, If you can get some money from family and friends, you should. Um, that always looks good to investors anyway. Uh, it shows that you are taking a level of commitment in that business uh, where you're willing to put your relationship with your family and friends on the line. To, I to didn't know done. that. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so family and friends, it's not a specific round, you know, and people said, have you done a family and friends round? No. Um, then there's the angel level um, above that, which is private investors, maybe people you don't necessarily know. It could be family, friends, but normally it's, you know, someone on LinkedIn who you feel, embodies a fantastic smart investor it would be the most sensible thing to do so a smart investor is at any stage because they match your purpose and your vision but angel investor is one individual person who has money to give to your company at a pre-seed stage angels can also invest in slightly tier up here so that's that's a seed stage a seed stage is where the the seed is planted in the soil it is a market is a real company you know there is something to see here it could be a really strong business plan it could be an mvp which is a minimum viable product so the minimum that you can do to prove that your idea let's say it's a tech product you've built like a landing page and an app which can process um, new potential customers and users and, and at least engage their interests right so that's like a seed stage seed stage could also be a bit more sophisticated it could be companies that have started to make the first bits of money um, so they have a product that works and they make their money Again, angels can invest here. You also find that this is where a lot of companies, I would say wrongly, um, get crowdfunding and seed funding. Uh, Sorry, like Cedars or or Crowdcube and stuff like that. So crowdfunding. Um, Crowdfunding is where you go to a website like Cedars or Crowdcube. You accept that you're going to give 7% of anything that you raise uh, through the platform to Crowdcube. 
um, or cedars and you give um, a pitch deck, a video pitch, you, you present your company in the best possible way um, to raise individual investments, which can be very low. It can be a hundred pounds here, it can be 10 pounds, it can be a thousand pounds, it can be 50,000 pounds, and it all goes through the platform. It, the reason I think is a bad thing to do at seed stage is because um, seed stage, uh, sorry, uh, crowdfunding is a fantastic thing to do if you're doing it as a marketing exercise. Mm. It's not the most efficient thing to do to raise capital um, unless you've got a product where all the people putting in the money can also convert into customers. If you're raising £200,000 on Crowdcube or Cedars, um, and then you need to wait nine months to develop the product to actually sell uh, or, or gain those customers, that's a long time for these people to wait and you're not relevant anymore, right? So I would always uh, suggest crowdfunding at a later stage. So that's the seed round. Seed round typically, and this is what I mean by rounds. So the early stage round, the pre-seed round or the seed round um, should always get you to the next round. That's at least how most of the investors see it. So that's why people raise more than they think they need because they need to get from seed to, to pre-series A or series A, which is a more significant uh, round, okay? So series A is, is at the point where you're looking to expand. You've got a company that is, is ready to go um, and you're trying to grow significantly into, into a new market. Um, not always, you know, it's always a little bit hazy. Some companies with different IP or different technologies, different backgrounds, different sectors, they enter pre-series at a different time, you know? But I would say this kind of pre-series A or series A round is the point where you want to be doing kind of crowdfunding because it's a great way to gain new customers and get investment as well, if you want to do that. Um, so then you've got VCs. So you've got the angels, the family friends, the angels, crowdfunding and VCs. VCs um, are the venture capitalists, that's what it stands for. And what they do is they pull all of the cash um, of a lot of angel investors, a lot of uh, private investors into their fund. And then they make decisions on which company they're going to invest in. So they have pulled a lot of angel uh, investors money and they are looking to get 10x, typically, you know, 10 times the return on what they invest. So if they put a million pounds into you, they want to see 10 million in about five years, basically. Um, lots of different VCs, they're all different entities, different personalities, different styles, different sectors, different alignments, different criterias. Um, but these are the ones who are going to give you kind of £1 million plus, you know, 500k, significant capital that most angels don't, don't really dream of, right? Um, and that's where pre-series A comes in. I think VCs pretty much all the way through to series B, series C, you kind of get the idea. Series B is a bigger round than Series A. It's, it's expansion, it's growth, it's market domination, it's market penetration, it's trying to corner the, the market that you've set out to achieve. Um, the step above that would be kind of private equities, family offices. It's worth mentioning family offices can be at any stage as well. You know, sometimes family offices invest 50K like an angel investor. Sometimes they've got like billions of pounds to deploy. Um, you know, Qatari funds and, uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. So Chinese funds. Yeah. Family offices, that essentially is just a very rich family that uh, they have like a, a wealth management that, that manages their money yeah. and puts them in best. And okay. Yeah. So, so, so Chris, Chris O'Hare is the ancestor of the O'Hare Investments family office, and O'Hare Investments is 
extremely famous for selling billions of rabbit pies uh, all over the world you know yeah. uh, gotcha. bad example right but um you know essentially a family that have a lot of money uh, typically that's where their name comes from um who want to manage their investments properly to safeguard family wealth and maybe they're a little bit more uh, risk-taking so they look for alternatives outside the typical pension and the, the mortgages and the property and real estate and stuff like that so they're looking for things that align with them often this is part of legacy as well for the families um in the same way that a vc will set up their own mission and purpose a family office might have a mission and purpose maybe they all agree that climate change is a real big problem okay, yeah. and they want to invest in you know a portfolio of, of companies to to use their wealth for positive things and make money back so win-win okay. for them and the, the final stage is like the ipo stage um between any of these points you know a company can be acquired or there could be a merger and acquisition so on the investment side there's like mergers, mergers and acquisitions or IPO uh, ledgers and legislation. And uh, yeah, this is kind of final stage. So this is te technically what you call an exit. So if you hear about a company that exits, they have had some realization of cash um, to purchase that company. So, you know, company uh, A decides to merge with a company that's bigger than them. They get enveloped, that's an exit. You know, they've been, they've been paid a hundred million pounds. The investors get, 10 times return on their investment, fantastic. Um, same as an acquisition, it's not so much, uh, the entity is not respected quite as much as, as in a merger. So a merger would be like PC World and Curry's, right? They kind of merge together. An acquisition would be General Motors acquiring a, a smaller, um, you know, manufacturer, car manufacturing company. And you never hear about that company again, right? It's just General Motors. Um, and then an IPO is when you jump onto the stock exchange. So Deliveroo, Uber, these companies are now on the stock exchange and that's where people like you and I can invest on places like eToro and free trade and we can buy stocks and shares in those different places. Um, but this is an exit for the investors, you know, they can decide to keep their shares if they want and, you know, let them float on the, on the stock exchange or often they will sell to the acquirer of, of the IPO and they'll get their money back um, from seed or, series a or pre-series pre-series a you know series b however much they've invested and that's pretty much it right okay and so it's really interesting because you were going through the the different stages but what kind of needs to happen before they get to the next stage like is there certain goalposts that they need to reach before to get to the next stage and is that well known is that publicized anywhere uh, no i mean you know let's consider an academic entity so you've got um an academic spin out which is just an idea that comes from an academic place let's say it's oxford for the sake of argument they've developed a fantastic way to work out whether food is off or not without an expiry date it's like a color coded um thing you know uh, in the bottom of the plastic package and that is a real thing by the way i haven't just made it up so no, that's I've like heard about um, this too yeah yeah and it's a public thing so i shouldn't get sued um but yeah so that's an academic idea it's come from institutional universities uh phds professors developers interns like built this kind of ip and that's that intellectual property that ip is extremely valuable uh, pre-revenue right so that's considered a, a separate value so you might get um, 
a pre-Series A or a Series A level of funding from a VC or a private equity company um, or a family office who invest, let's say, three, four million pounds in this idea to just jump straight into the market. Now, that would be considered, uh, the intellectual property and the patenting would be considered quite an important aspect of that. You know, how protected is it? How defensible is it in the market? You know, how unlikely is it for someone else to come in and do the same thing? Whereas if you're a company, let's say you're selling blue light, um, you know, screen protection technology, like a company I, I helped, uh, OcuShield, you know, it's impossible to get the patents and the intellectual property for wave uh, frequencies. You can't patent that. So their best bet is to get as much of the market and customers as possible, as quickly as possible. So a metric for them might be an increase in monthly recurring revenue. So, you know, acquiring more and more customers, um, having a 30% month on month growth, you know, that type of thing looks good. But, tip, you know, strictly speaking, you could do a seed round in, in January. You could do, uh, if, you, if you do well enough, you know, you can do a pre-Series A or a Series A round in November. Um, and the, the real thing that depends on whether you can or can't do it is the confidence in your product, in your market. If you put a pitch deck together and say that you've done X, Y, Z, um, and you're ready to do a, a pre-Series A round or a Series A round, then uh, it's basically up to the investor group that you approach when the VCs or the, the private equity firms or the angels to decide whether or not they're going to invest. If you hit your investment target and you feel that amount of money is enough to get you to the next point, which would be Series A, Series B, then go for it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So in terms of um, SEIS then, mm -hmm. we hear that a lot um that startups need to be SEIS registered like what does that mean so first off they don't need to be okay. um uh, some companies can't be uh, i believe if they deal in financial if they deal in financial um regulations so they're holding other people's money you can't be SEIS registered if you're involved in anything to do with property development etc i don't believe you can be SEIS registered um, the gov.uk lists all this out. It's a, it's a very quick read. And I know Seed Legals and other people do some great blogs on that as well. Mm. But SEIS stands for the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme. There's also the big brother of SEIS, which is EIS, so Enterprise Investment Scheme. And the main idea is Chris O'Hare, 150K in the bank, right? You know, you're doing pretty well. You find this company. Um, they are less than two years old. Uh, they have less than two million pounds in revenue. They're considered a smaller company. They're a seed company, right? There are certain parameters in, in seed. And they can raise a maximum of 150,000 pounds under this seed enterprise investment scheme. And the idea is if you invest as an investor 150,000 pounds in this company, depending on how well they do, but let's forget that because it will confuse things. Um, you will get a guaranteed 50% tax relief on your income tax. So if, if you as a business, so as a, as, a, as a businessman, you are making a million pounds, your income tax is 200 grand, you can offset that income tax in your own personal investments into a seed enterprise investment scheme company and get 50% back on your tax relief. Uh, I believe you can actually go back another year if you wanted to do £300,000 worth of investment. The reason it depends whether the company does well or not, 
you are guaranteed 50% if they qualify for the SEIS scheme. Mm. If they do well, um, it gets a little bit more complicated. It involves things like capital gains tax and, and trying to get relief from capital gains tax, which is essentially you making money back from investments. Um, but if the company does well, you can make up to 78% tax relief on the SEIS. So for an investor, if they're confident in the company, £100,000 of investment is actually £22,000 of investment, mm. potentially. And then they know they're going to get £78,000 back or £50,000 if things don't go well. So it's a fantastic scheme for investors to feel more confident putting their money in because they know that whatever happens, they can offset that, that in, a, in a different way. Uh, EIS, similar scheme, up to 12 million, doesn't have to be a seed company, um, but it's 30% tax relief, um, up to 12 million pounds of investment uh, that one company can receive. So. That's the difference there. Right, cool. And so how do, say I was a startup and I wanted to get investment, what do I need to do? Kind of, obviously you've, we talked about pitch decks. How important are they? Yeah. Uh, pitch decks are uh, essential. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same as the same as back in the day, you'd bring a business plan to the bank. You know, you could, you're not going to get a loan without a business plan. You're not going to get investment unless it is family and friends. But even then you should do the right thing and put a pitch deck together, put your financial forecast together, all your assumptions of, of, of what, how that financial forecast is going to be correct and, and accurate. Um, so a pitch deck, running through it really, really simply, you want your uh, cover page, you know, might have your logo and your mission on there. You might have a separate page after that for your mission or your vision, a nice succinct line to explain how far your company's gonna go and what, what you're trying to do, basically. Um, then you identify the problem in the market that you've identified, so just the problem. Um, try and give an example of this. So uh, I will use Fault Fixers as an example. Uh, they're a company that I raised for before. They're a property maintenance company, it's tech. You can essentially manage all your property maintenance on your on an app, uh, regardless of if you have one or 16 or a thousand properties to maintain. And you get these highlights of all the different issues and you can delegate to, to companies, right? So so their vision is probably something to, to make property maintenance as easy as making a cup of tea or something like that, yeah. right? And then the problem is, Property maintenance is very manual. It's based on emails. It's based on phone calls. It's a very tedious process. Uh, all the ordering and the X, Y, Z is quite tedious and manual, right? So their solution, which is the next slide, is to produce an app where the property maintenance contractor or the person responsible for maintaining the property can have alerts on every issue with the property and manage all of the things they need to do to solve that and notify people in a very simple, easy way. Good idea, right? The next slide is the market. And the market is arguably the most important thing. And this is what VCs look at most uh, and angels and, and other people should, is how big is the market? If the market is 1 million pounds and you're, you're raising 500K and you think you can get 25% of the market, don't worry about the maths, but that basically won't work. The, the market is not big enough for the investor to invest that money and get their money back. They'd lose a lot of money, even if you achieved your target, right? So the market, that's why people look for a billion pound, a trillion pound market, because they're looking for a, a lot of, uh, just a big growth potential, right? Um, so look at your market, work out your TAM, SAM, SOM, 
I'm not going to go into that, it'll take too long, but essentially there's different different sizes of the market that you're looking at, something that you can get pretty quickly, that you can attain pretty quickly. Others that are slightly more expansive, maybe a slightly different market or another market involved in that um, could be the whole property market in this case. And then there might be the global market, the total available market, which is every single person who would ever buy your product. And, and that's the figure that most people look at when they're thinking about growth. Um, after the market, you want to look at the product. So what does the product look like? What stage is it at? How sophisticated is it? Is it defensible? Is there IP? Then you want to look at the team. Uh, the team is also probably the second or first most important slide as well, along with the market. How relevant is the team? Do you have significant skin in the game? How many times have you built the business before? Um, you know, do you have contacts and contracts ready to go? Um, have you got advisors on board who can open doors for you? How committed are those advisors? Are your team working full time? Like all these things, basically. Um, and that's super, super important to have well documented and, and make it super clear because most VCs go to the team page first um, and they only spend about three minutes per pitch deck. So it'll show you, show you wow. how important that okay. is. Um, and then after that, you want to look at things like the financials. This isn't, this isn't all encompassing. There's a lot of different slides on different pitch decks, but uh, the financials, the forecast, the assumptions that you've made, make that detailed get it looked over by an accountant who knows what they're talking about. Uh, make sure that's strong and, and you can justify it and you know your numbers. Don't be one of those people on Dragon's Den that... Uh, I was going to say, is it, is it yeah. as important as Dragon's Den makes out? Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. of course, yeah. Yeah, you want to know your numbers. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you five quid to start a confectionery like sweet shop if, if you didn't know the markup between a Snickers bar and a Mars bar, right? So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is like use of funds. So you want to make sure that you break down in a pie chart, typically, you know, which percentage of what company is going to be used for what. So sorry, the funds are going to be used for what. Um, so you want to make sure you've documented that, you know, 1% here, 5% here, 6% here, 10% here, you know, hiring, strategic development, marketing, you know, break that all down. Um, and then the one of the last slides would be um, the ask, how much are you asking for? Um, are you SEIS, EIS registered? Um, what is the valuation of the company? That's really important. And 90% of people miss this. I don't know whether they do it intentionally, but they should put it on there. Uh, what's the valuation of the company that you're raising at? Um, you know, and that's, that's practically the pitch deck. Super important to have. Um, People use things like DocSend so they can track all the times that someone has logged in and, and seen uh, that pitch deck and they give their email in order to see it. Pretty smart idea. Um, but yeah, pitch deck's essential. You can't do it without a pitch deck. Gotcha. Uh, really good advice though. Um, something I'm sure a lot of people are going to be listening back to and going through that in detail. But uh, I mean, I remember talking to an investor once who said that their portfolio of startups that they invest in is almost like their their plumage of a peacock's tail feather you know it's almost like they use it to demonstrate their ego or the the kind of ex how exciting they are as a as an entrepreneur would you agree that you know some of the more exciting startups tend to get a bit more um unfavorable uh attention compared to like the the competitors or or, or not well I'm, I'm favorable from the perspective of a non-excited <laughs> company yeah basically um yeah. i don't know i don't know i mean 
do, do people prefer Real Madrid and Manchester United because they play beautiful football and they, they look like they're going to win a lot? Mm. Um, maybe not even the best example, right? Maybe a Ford Mustang, like, doesn't drive very well. <laughs> but it looks great. Yeah. Um, that's probably a better example. So, you know, yes, typically in all walks of life, if something is more attractive to the eye, it will demand more attention. If you have the best idea in the world and you have an absolutely shh pitch deck, you're not going to get investment. And I tell people this all the time, and it sounds really superficial and vacuous, but you need to make it make sense quickly in a super simple and attractive to the eye mm. way. Um, otherwise, you're not going to you're not going to succeed. That's pitch deck, right? That's different to, to a company. But in terms of technologies, um, there's a lot of buzzwords at the moment. AI, you know, machine learning, software as a service, B2B. There's there's some really key things that a lot of investors look for for good reason because statistics don't lie uh, these companies tend to scale more quickly um, so there's an element of scalability and that attractiveness but you know I think some of the smartest investors are looking at industries that have not been disrupted very much look at education uh, look at government look at um, any sort of incumbent institution that has been around quite a long time and could do with a shake-up they're sometimes really boring um, but they do super well. And I know a lot of angels and a lot of VCs that look for those almost tediously boring opportunities to get behind because they're aware of the market. They're aware of the size of the market. They're aware of the application of this technology. Um, and yeah, I think smart investors do better to not get distracted. But of course, as we all know, whether it's a LinkedIn post, whether it's a you know, a beautiful man or woman turning up to a club in a nice outfit. You know, it's a pretty evolutionary thing to be deceived by the, the senses a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just something I've always, you know, taken quite closely when it comes to investments is that conversation I had with that particular investor. He was like, you know, we use it as our you know, we're showing off to the world by our portfolio. And I was like, I just didn't know that was a thing until you just told me. And apparently yeah. it's quite, like, quite often, unless it, it's got a buzz, buzzword in there that they can then talk about at the cocktail parties. Um, yeah. They weren't, they weren't that, interested. Just to jump, yeah, just to jump in on that, I mean, for me, that's just super vacuous. Uh, it is, you know, isn't clearly it? They've, they've got too much money to spend. Um, and I hope their due diligence team would probably kind of laugh at them and say, actually, there was a lot more reason for those investments. You know, the best the best uh, version in the world of something is something that smells good, tastes good, looks good, is good, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and that's great. And some of those companies do all those things. So it's not impossible. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something to think about. But um, it's not always the case. Well, it's it's just I've heard it more than once, um, and I just I yeah. just found it gobsmacking. Like unless you yeah. were exciting enough, they they didn't perceive you to be worth almost valuing their time. But anyway, yeah, that's something that yeah. we could probably go a lot deeper in the human nature. But what are your top three quick wins when it comes to startups who are seeking investment? What are the quick hacks that they're gonna need to get them to to get investment yeah it really depends on the stage uh, that the company is at so it's a pretty hard one to answer 
Um, but, you know, if we're talking about a company that is, is doing this for the first time, and they're probably a seed, seed company or, you know, maybe pre-series A, um, do not uh, underestimate the financials. They need to be concrete and you need to know them. Um, it's worth spending a lot of money on two things when you're doing a race. One is the financials, get them looked over. And the other are the legals. Don't scrimp and scrape on the, on the legals because you can use them for rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds in the future. And, you know, you might spend 10 grand in the beginning, but it will save you a lot of money down the line. Um, you don't really want to get into negotiations um, with investors if you're confident on all the numbers and you're confident on all the legals. It saves you a lot of time on negotiation and people kicking tires and trying to get different deals and stuff. You just want to get people all agreed. This makes sense. You know, it's fair. Agree, yes or no. Like uh, Nick, my, my business partner, is very clear. He, he says no to people all the time uh, and they come back and then they say yes rather than negotiating because everything's super clear on that front. Um, the team is super important. Um, you know, we kind of go through the pitch deck again. The market and the team are the key things to focus on. If you can surround yourself with you know, if you're aware that there is a deficiency in your capabilities as a founder, let's say you're fantastic at marketing, communications and media and maybe strategy and sales, fantastic. But who's going to build the product? Um, who's going to make sure the finances are looked after? Who's going to keep that tidy? Who's going to do all the administrative, administrative stuff and the operational stuff to make sure the business ticks over once you've made those sales and attracted those clients? So you really need to build a nice, solid team, um, ideally with a good background in what you're doing. It's hard to do, but there's plenty of find your co-founder events. There's plenty of uh, you know people on LinkedIn looking for new opportunities. Um, it's not always easy to convince someone, especially when it means like startup life, which is often pretty uh, scrimp and scrapey. Um, you know, but but that's super important, and the market as well. Really, really look at your market, research your market. Uh, ask as many people as possible in your market uh, about the market and get as much detail as possible on how big that is and how likely your opportunity is to, to work. And I know you said three, but actually linking those two things um, is the product. Always, as much as you can, ask your end consumer, ask your market, do your market research. Does this make sense? Does it work? You know this uh, better than most people, right? Build your user story, build your build your product, build your journey um, and ask people whether that makes sense because you don't want to spend half your money, your 75K SEIS on building a product that no one wants. Mm. Um, so really that that's another part of the market research. You know, who's your customer? Get to know your customer. Yeah, completely agree. Some great quick wins there. And if people want to learn more about investments and how they can get investment for their startup, um, how can they do that? And if they want to get in touch with you, how can they contact you? So uh, good, some really good resources, uh, British Business Bank, like Angel Associations, Seed Legals, Google's your friend. <laughs> Just uh, type it in what you want to know uh, and it will give you the answer. You know, read two or three articles, don't rely on the, on the top one all the time. Um, and in terms of getting in touch with myself, um, LinkedIn, Lawrence Grant, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. It's the uh, French female version of the name. Thanks, mum um so yeah uh, lawrence grant that's me i'm not really on instagram or anything but my email is lawrence at foundcapital.io and uh yeah 
um, my WhatsApp numbers on my LinkedIn profile as well. So pretty easy to contact. Amazing. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks for your time today. Thanks I'm so sure. much. Really appreciate your invite. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure people are going to get a lot of value from this. So really appreciate awesome, that. Man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Cheers, man. I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Make sure you're subscribed for the next episode. I'm your Quick Win CEO, signing out.